Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. This is episode two of season five. And I'm not saying it's hard to believe you're wondering what that background hum is. I'm actually recording this from inside my fridge. It's nearly 40 degrees outside, and for an overweight man from the northwest of England, I might as well be sat on the surface of Venus. That's a slight exaggeration, I suppose, as the actual temperature on Venus is about 10 times that. And it also has an atmospheric pressure about 90 times that of Earth. So in total, that's an environment that my mum would describe as a bit muggy. So it's still really hot outside, but don't worry, here inside your ears, we're keeping it cool by looking at an area that so many KBB retailers are increasingly relying on to drive leads, and that's social media. More precisely, we've got a fantastic case study of one retailer who has taken social media and turned it into a huge part of their business, mainly by utilising video through TikTok and other platforms. We're talking to Josh Delane from The Woodworks in London. And when I say he uses TikTok, he has over 400,000 followers, 6.5 million likes, and one of his videos has had over 25 million views. And he says anyone can do it with a bit of time and creativity. KBB Reviews Deputy Editor Vicky Evans caught up with him, and it is genuinely interesting and inspiring stuff. And it shows just what's possible with these new mediums, so don't miss it. But before I hand over to Vicky... Are you currently hunting for a new job? Or maybe you're hunting for someone to fill a job. Either way, the all-new kbbreview.com jobs page is for you. For job seekers, we've got dozens of vacancies from across the industry and across the country. And for employers with roles to fill, we've got a fantastic offer for you. To mark the launch of our new self-service site, anyone in the KBB sector can currently post their job ads for free until August the 1st. And they'll stay on for 30 days whenever you post it. No catches, no hidden extras, just our way of celebrating our new site. Just go to kbbreview.com forward slash jobs to see all the vacancies and click on submit a job if you have one to fill. Now let's hand over to Vicky Evans and Josh Delane and I'll see you on the other side. So I am here with Josh from The Woodworks and we're going to be talking about TikTok for retailers and social media video. Josh, please introduce yourself and give me your 30 second elevator pitch for The Woodworks. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, My name is Josh Delane. I'm a director at The Woodworks and we are a fourth generation family owned and operated business who design, manufacture and install beautiful kitchens in and around London from our three retail showrooms and our workshop in Letchworth, which is in Hertfordshire. Brilliant. And the reason why we're speaking to you today is because you are massive on social media, especially TikTok. (laughs) So how many followers and views do you have right this moment? So at the moment, we have on TikTok 411,000 followers. From last check this morning, about six and a half million likes. And I don't even know the number of views. It's it's millions and millions and millions. Um, which is just absolutely crazy to think that uh, we started this journey or I started this journey a couple of years ago that we would be uh, ending up here. Yeah, um, it's amazing. One of your videos went really viral. How many views did that one have? I think it's just over 25 million, which is obviously astronomical um, for a video that, you know, on the face of it, it didn't it didn't seem that extraordinary. But uh, if you dig into the TikTok algorithm and how it works, it's not really a surprise because there were certain features in the kitchens that we were showing that initiated a response from people that were watching it. So for example, we were showing off a Kuka tap, pouring boiling water into what was a double blown glass mug. You can't actually tell maybe that it's a double blown glass mug. So people were commenting on it saying, oh my God, are you not going to burn your hand putting it into a glass cup? Now, the more people that comment on that, the more people watch it over and over and it 
again, it basically spikes the uh, the engagement rate and that basically signals to TikTok, okay, show this to more people. There were also comments. We had a lot of um, servo drive mechanisms, you know, electric opening cupboards and, and bin units, etc. And people were commenting, what happens when the power goes out? And the more controversial, I suppose it's not really that controversial, but from a, from a kitchen point of view, the more comments you're getting on these videos, the more it pushes it to other people. So that really just ran away and that actually exploded our follow account as well. It's an amazing video and it is very short. I think it's good at this point to kind of give the audience just a bit of an overview about what TikTok is and especially things like Instagram Reels, just in case they're a bit confused or kind of new to this app because it is a relatively new social network. It launched in 2016, although now it has 1.2 billion active users and is then the fourth biggest social media platform in the world. And to put that in comparison, Instagram has 1.48 billion users and Facebook has 2.91 billion users so it hasn't been around for as long as Instagram or Facebook but is obviously getting loads and loads and loads of active users per month and it's also good to note that it is uh, vertical videos that you have on your phone and normally your videos are anywhere between five seconds and three minutes but normally most videos are around a minute so it's short quick videos that are primarily made within the app but that is not necessarily the point you can obviously make it outside the app and bring it in so talk me through your general social media strategy and how does tiktok fit in with the overall social media strategy sure so i mean in terms of marketing strategy in general our marketing strategy is purely digital but really there is an overarching theme to our strategy and when I started in the business, as my, my parents started the company about 30 years ago, and when I started in the business, my parents said, you know, what do you want out of this? And really, I wanted to build the brand to the point where someone came into one of our showrooms and bought a kitchen from the woodworks because it was a kitchen by the woodworks, not because it was reasonably priced, not because it was great quality. Of course, it had to be all of those things. But we wanted to build the brand to a point where people were coming in to buy into that brand. And so uh, most of that is now translated into uh, into our digital strategy. So we have a huge amount of content being put out every single day across multiple platforms. So we put out a YouTube video every week, an IGTV every week, five reels a week, five TikToks a week, feed posts every day on Instagram, stories every day on Instagram. So we're really basically turned into a content machine and we're just putting out content every single day. And that drives top of the funnel brand awareness, which which then hopefully translates down into people booking a design consultation and through into hopefully us confirming that and making their kitchens. So you launched your TikTok in around March 2020. Why did you decide at that point to launch into TikTok? So I think in March 2020, which was sort of a year after, well, it was sort of peak COVID, right? TikTok had gained a critical mass from where I was looking anyway. And it was becoming, you know, it was becoming a runaway success. It wasn't sort of niche anymore. And I had a conversation with my dad, actually. Uh, We were on holiday and family, family business. You don't really talk about anything other than business. And we were having a chat. And he said to me, he posed a question, which was, how did the big names in our industry get to where they were? You know, the small bones and the Tom Howleys, et cetera. And my assumption was that they had all sort of owned a platform at one time or another. So you had in the early days, Smallbone and Mark Wilkinson, they sort of owned print media. Uh, Next generation, you had people like Tom Howley, who owned sort of the SEO movement. 
you had Duvall, uh, Humphrey Munson, they sort of owned Instagram. And really, if I look at that and think where else is there for us to sort of own, there was only one platform where no one else was, and that was TikTok. Um, so I did a search. There was absolutely no one on TikTok in our industry. Uh, and I thought, do you know what? I reckon we could do a pretty good job at this. Um, my photographer and videographer who I use, um, who's actually a, you know, a full-time employee of the business, he was absolutely smashing it on TikTok. Um, so I knew that he understood the platform natively. He understood what to do, how to do it, how to go on the views. So I, I actually messaged him saying, I think this is it. I think we've got to go really hard here and um, and pick up on it while while everyone else is is not really paying attention. And so that's what we did. Um, so we started in um, March 2020 and really had about nine months playing, testing, figuring it out. And then this year we went really, really hard. From January this year, we actually hired two part-time people who were just basically just doing TikTok content for us. So we're really investing in it and uh, and we really see it as a bright future. I feel like a lot of our listeners may be thinking that is a lot of content, that is a lot of work, that is a lot of man hours and people. How do you manage all of this? Because it obviously is a beast that can be fed forever there is no stop there is no limit to how much content you can put out absolutely how do you manage that and also how do you figure out how much is enough so what we try and do is we try and film or or do shoots for two kitchens a week Uh, and we try and batch that on the same day so we do an am shoot and a pm shoot and i will go to those shoots with my three photographers and videographers and uh, my styling team as well, which just on a side note, I th- think is really, really important. We got these stylists in uh, again, sort of similar time, beginning of the year. And you could see the biggest difference in our content that we were putting out because it was just quite sterile and bland, the kitchens that we were shooting. And then all of a sudden they're just injecting life into it. So just on a side note, I think that's quite important. So we go to these shoots and really we are building everything around sort of our pillar content, which is the YouTube video. So we go there, we're going to shoot the YouTube video there. That is then taken and clipped lots of different times into different TikToks and reels. And we aim to get five TikToks or reels per kitchen that we're shooting, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, And we do have sort of a running track of things that ideas that we have and things that we'd like to do. And from there, we also get the stills and things for stories, etc. So we're all condensing everything into this one shoot that only takes about two and a half to three hours, depending on how big the kitchen is. Um, And so we do two of those in a day. And then sort of that's my my side done. Uh, I will help the guys write the captions. But other than that, they then go away and they edit all of the footage and post it. So, yeah, we've got a proper team in place uh, and it does sound like a lot. And, and that didn't happen overnight. We didn't just all of a sudden hire all these people and have a, a, a full marketing team. It was me on my own for, for many, many years, just posting photos to uh, to Instagram. But ultimately, I'm not the camera guy i'm not a video editor i don't have the skill set to do it i'm happy to be in front of camera and have the strategy and the ideas behind it but i'm you know i'm not the the one actually executing it so i have a very talented team that we've hired over the years and uh, and they're really the ones that execute it to a high level yeah i think it's also just good to point out the fact that it sounds quite intimidating but then again like a lot of retailers will go and do big shoots at their projects that they've finished so there is a level of experimentation with this what kind of advice would you give to retailers just starting out is it a case of just getting your phone out and whilst you're on a shoot getting something you know how to do like still images getting your phone out and taking videos of the actual 
display itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that uh, in terms of for a bit of context, we used to use a, a professional photographer who's uh, well known in the, in the in the industry, and he was charging big money for one shoot. And, you know, we're talking sort of a thousand pounds plus for a shoot. He would only do one kitchen a day and that was just stills. Now, from a quality point of view, yeah, his, his photos were very, very good. Can you tell the difference between one of his photos and one of the stills that we do? I mean, yeah, maybe, but we are putting out four times as much content. So really, I'm, I'm a former, former accountant. So I just looked at the numbers and I was saying, you know, we're spending a thousand pounds for one shoot with this guy. And we want to shoot two kitchens a week. That's two grand a week. It's a hundred grand a year. If we were to do that, that's insane. Why could I not hire a full-time team for probably less than that and, and put out more content, including video content? Um, so that's what we did. So so just you know, look at your numbers, look at what you're spending on this stuff and really work it back. In terms of my advice execution-wise, you have to use the platform. You have to really spend half an hour, I would say at least a day on TikTok scrolling through and it's not a waste of time and it's not you you're, you're learning you're understanding the types of content that do well what what works what doesn't work and then you have to experiment and you actually have to put videos out there um you know filming sort of a, a video panning around the kitchen with some music overlaid you know it might it might do well it might not if it doesn't then okay you've got to try something else but really it's about experimenting and tiktok allows you to put out such a high volume of content you know you can you could do five a week quite conceivably that the testing and experimenting and and sort of iterating upon that is really um you're you're able to do that so so that's what i would say i would say learn the platform understand what you know what's out there and then just experiment and start doing i think also because tiktok has these really definite trends and immediately the trends do change every couple of days so you kind of do need to be on it but there are some constant styles of videos that always tend to go quite well. I did find it quite fascinating, the fact that the most viral video that you have has the things in our house that just make sense kind of tagline. So this was a trend that went around and it's, I think it started about two years ago and it keeps actually still popping up on my For You page. The For You page is just TikTok's best guess about what it thinks that you want to look at. And this trend was always very popular and it has done you very well. In terms of using trends, it can be very fleeting, but how do you use those trends to kind of increase engagement? Or is it a case of just making videos that are more original, but in your brand? I think what we try and do is, is again, it goes back to using the platform. So, so I'll, I'll sit on it, uh, TikTok for half an hour a day and, and we will see various things that we like. And we've got a WhatsApp group with me and the whole team and we'll send it into the group and we'll start talking about it. The trends can be very gimmicky. And obviously what you want to try and do or what we try and do at least is stay sort of true and authentic to our brand voice. So doing, you know, dances and, and, and jumping on sort of funny trends, that's not really where we are positioned in the market. I'm not saying don't show personality at all, but that's just not what we want to do. And so what we want, our aim is basically to show really cool content that's engaging and people really love. So we see trends and we sort of put our own spin on it. So there is a trend or was a trend, for example, of a pitcher in baseball throwing a ball at the screen. The batter tries to hit it. The ball basically comes towards the screen and it's it's designed to sort of catch your attention. It really catches you off guard. 
there are a lot of videos going around with that as the en- intro and then the minute that the ball hits the screen effectively there's like photos of, of good looking women I don't know how, how better to describe it than that and we took that video and we put our own spin on it which basically that ball coming into the screen and then all of a sudden it's like really cool angles of our kitchens um, sort of panning around and so I think there is a way of doing it and jumping on trends in your own way I think that for us it is important to be original because we are leading the industry there is no one else doing it so we have to do put out original content because there's no one else that's starting these trends to pick up on i don't know maybe we will be that company that people start hopping on the trend and copying us who knows but for now it's just try and be original try and um, put out content that people love and and carry on the reason why most people use these trends is obviously to gain the algorithm and to basically try to have the algorithm boost your posts It's quite difficult with algorithms because they change all the time. Instagram, for example, have been pushing out lots of videos recently and reels do a lot better because that's just kind of how Instagram currently wants to work. It wants to boost it up reels mainly because Instagram's trying to compete with TikTok and trying to mimic it slightly. How do you keep up with these changes of the algorithm And is it a case of just, you know, noticing what videos do well and what videos don't do well? Or is there a case of you actually kind of taking a step back and researching what the algorithm changes are? I mean, very broad strokes. We do try and pay attention to what's going on. And by broad strokes, I mean, Instagram is favoring video. Let's do more video, not, you know, these hashtags specifically are working, you know, Um, I would say that we pay attention by following the at creators account on Instagram. So that's uh, sort of put out content by Instagram creators about what works, what doesn't work, any upcoming changes to the algorithm. They're quite good. And it's sort of a first a first glimpse at what's going to happen fairly early. And then otherwise, we listen to podcasts, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, the Gary V podcast, Midnight podcast, which is um, more of an econ based podcast. And they're sort of giving out in the trenches tips that I that I pick up on. I watch a lot of YouTube videos on the algorithms and what, what's working, what's not working. But ultimately, we, we put out content, we see what works and what doesn't work, and we iterate on that. For example, we put out this, this sort of series of content where we did showing you your favourite type of kitchens until you find one you love. And it started off by doing um, the stars of kitchens. So we did one video with modern kitchens, one with traditional. Then people started commenting saying, can we, can we see one with green kitchens and navy kitchens? So we did a few more videos. And each of those videos was getting sort of a minimum of 400,000 views. So it's like, okay, well, we're just going to keep going on that and riding it until we exhaust it and then we'll find the next thing. And that's sort of interspersed with all the other content that we're putting out. So we don't just do those every day. But just to give you an, an idea, you know, we found something that worked. We did different variations of it and then we move on to the next thing. It is a lot about trial and error with these things. And sometimes I feel like a lot of people, whether it's another retailer's TikTok or Instagram or just people in general, they think there's going to immediately be a lot of success and you kind of have to fail a bit and you kind of have to learn a lot when you're starting out before you actually think about what your audience really respond well to. And you don't honestly know that until you've put out a lot of things. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the amount of times that I, I mean, we do a huge amount of paid ads on social and the amount of times that we filmed like proper campaigns. And I thought this is absolutely going to kill it. And then you put it out there and the, the proofs in the pudding, the data shows <laughs> the, the stuff that you literally knocked together in two minutes did better than the stuff you spent all day filming. It's a bit heartbreaking, but ultimately you just got to be led by what works and the benefit of social and this digital age is that you have that, that information at your fingertips. 
I'm coming from an accounting background. I never thought in a million years I'd be able to do marketing because for me, marketing was creative and it was art. But in 2022, digital marketing is just as much about maths as it is about art. So it's really being analytical with that data, keeping an eye on the insights, what's happening and uh, and sort of iterating on that, as I've said. You mentioned about paid ads and promoted posts on TikTok and Instagram. And obviously this is a way for you to boost and promote and make sure that your content is going out to specific people. Have you had much success with this? Because it is an area of social media marketing that kind of sometimes scares people because it is quite confusing and it also is a lot of money sometimes. Yeah, so so the paid piece is something we've been doing for a lot of years. So I think I, I want to say about four years I've been doing paid digital ads uh, and that is Google ads and Facebook slash Instagram. So much so that Instagram or Facebook actually came to our to our workshop to film a, a piece on us and um, basically to promote businesses using paid ads. Now it is getting increasingly uh, simple to use these platforms. There used to be a lot of detailed targeting that you could do and now basically the, fa- the algorithm is so clever that it's like look just set it broad Broad targeting, i.e. roughly these are the age of the people that you want to target in this location and just let Facebook do the work in terms of finding these people. All of these ad platforms are, um, it's a bidding platform. So the more people that use it, the more expensive it gets. And it has gotten very expensive. So I remember a time three years ago, I was paying maybe 60, between 60 and 80 pounds uh, a lead. And now for a qualified lead, I'm paying maybe 200 to 250. Now that's blended with, with, with all, my, all my marketing costs, but it has gotten much, much more expensive. And so we are always on the lookout for other platforms to use. We dipped our toes in Pinterest ads, didn't really like it. The market there is a lot more DIY based people searching for sort of inspiration on the DIY front. And more recently, we've actually just started testing TikTok ads as well. And the CPMs there, i.e. the cost to reach a thousand people, is about a tenth of the price is on Facebook. But you've got to sort of balance that with the fact that the, the audience is much younger and, and demos probably not there yet. So that's why we're just testing early, small budgets, etc. But we take a two-pronged approach to, to our digital strategy. On the one hand is the organic side, putting out content every day and also working on our SEO. And then on the sort of paid side, that is a pure numbers exercise. It's I'm putting X pounds in and I'm generating Y pounds out. So, you know, we, we track our return on ad spend quite closely, cost per lead, customer acquisition costs, all of these numbers really, really closely to, to make sure that we're not going mad there. But really, the long term vision is on pushing the organic side. Over half the users on TikTok are under the age of 29 and only 11 percent are over 50. How does this demographic on TikTok match up with your own demographic that the Woodworks already has? So I'm not going to lie to you in terms of the the lead that we've had from TikTok with 400,000 followers is, is sort of pales in comparison to what we're getting from Instagram and, and Facebook. But if you sort of brush over that, it's very easy to miss the opportunity. And all I will say to you is that when Facebook started, if it started as a platform for college kids, okay, 18 to 20 year olds. Now I know most grandparents are on Facebook and they spend a lot of their time there. So Aging up on the platform is inevitable and it will absolutely happen on TikTok. It's just a matter of time. So our strategy is be there before anyone else, build a massive following before anyone else. The 
opportunity to go viral will go away. It's just a matter of time. And so when that does happen and there are even more users that are relevant to our demographic, we will have hopefully built a big enough following that we are sort of an authority on that platform and that we are the go-to brand. It's always good with these things to actually start early just so you are the authority and you can actually lead the way a lot of the time. I've been seeing a few other retailers kind of dip their toes into TikTok. I don't know whether that's directly because they've seen you or whether they've seen brand accounts. Now manufacturers are starting to get on board with things. Kuka's TikTok is really good. Quite a lot of viral videos. People are getting on board. It's just the case of being the first person to start. And I think one of the things that some retailers might not want to do is the fact that there isn't an immediate return on investment. What would you say to retailers who are kind of sitting on the fence? We want to do this, but it may take a while to build up the platform and we want leads now. Yeah, I, w- I would say you have to sort of do do what we do, which is take a two-pronged approach and have on one side the pure arbitrage play, which is paid ads on Google, on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you want to spend that money. And you're spending, as I said, X pounds in and you're getting Y pounds out. You need that to be able to have this consistent stream of revenue coming in to then be able to dabble on the other stuff. But as I said, these ad platforms are going to just get more expensive over time. There's no doubt about that. So you do have to have one hand on the organic side and understanding how you are going to build that brand long term, either through SEO or through content, etc. You also don't want to be in a position where you're reliant on one platform. So I've seen brands who had Instagrams hacked and Facebook pages removed, or disapproved or whatever it is. You don't want to be at the mercy of one platform. So we, that's why we are on every platform. So as I said, we've got a presence on YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere. And if for whatever reason tomorrow our Instagram got disabled, yeah, it would be it would be very annoying and it would be a nightmare, but we've still got the other platforms that we can rely on and we've we've built a good following on. I feel like people forget the fact that sometimes these social media platforms actually go away themselves because they either run out of money or they lose favour or anything like that. Like Instagram's users are going down slightly whilst TikToks are going up. That's why Instagram's favouring more videos to kind of get people back over to Instagram as they've gone over to TikTok. But I think the strategy that you have where basically you've, you have one video that you have for your YouTube channel that then you split out to various different platforms is the best way of doing it. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. So, so it's, um, it's actually, I can't, I can't claim that that's my own. It's uh, it's Gary Vaynerchuk. It's a very well-known thing that he talks about a pillar piece of content. So for example, there's no reason why we couldn't be recording this right now. Okay. We could have done this on zoom. You could be recording this or you could do it in studio. If you recorded this video of this podcast that we're doing right now, you would have been able to strip out the audio separately. So you'd have a whole podcast. You'd be able to have an entire video recording of the whole thing. You'd be able to have a YouTube video and then you'd be able to clip that video into 10, 15 different clips. You'd have reels, TikToks, etc. So it's about what is that pillar piece of content and then using that and hammering that as much as you can and basically bleeding it dry for all of that content that you can rather than sitting there going, okay, I've got to come up with 15 TikTok ideas. Well, no, we, we've filmed a half an hour podcast and there are 15 things that would be interesting in there that you could pull out and turn into TikToks. Exactly. One thing that I do want to quickly talk about is the content calendar. You have a lot of content that you want to put out. How far ahead do you plan these things? You've got shoots coming up. Kind of what is 
the next few months looking like for you? So, yeah, we have to basically be quite clever about how we schedule it all. Um, I, I'm actually currently on paternity leave or coming to the end of my paternity leave. And so before I went on paternity leave, we're like, look, I'm going to be off for about six weeks now. I'm not going to be able to come and film these videos. So we basically had to double up on the content that we we're producing for six weeks to be able to give the guys enough content to produce while I was off. As I mentioned at the beginning, we try and do two photo shoots a week, two kitchens a week um, on the same day. And that gives us five reels, five TikToks, a YouTube video, stills. That's all from one kitchen. So if we can do two a week, then again, we're building up a bit of a buffer um, because each shoot is basically one week's worth of content. The next couple of weeks, we've got a lot going on. We've been fitting probably three kitchens a week for the last couple of months. So there are a lot of irons in the fire that we want to photograph, uh, a lot of amazing projects coming up. And actually a very exciting um, collaboration that we've just done with an influencer, a very well-known lifestyle influencer as well. So, yeah, we've got a lot in terms of the logistics behind that. I mean, we just have a, a shared Google calendar um, that we book in these photo shoots for. We have a Google Sheets um, spreadsheet that my content team basically have a, a grid of the calendar and what's going to be posted each day and then on the sidelines there's a whole list of stuff that we want to shoot or ideas that we've got so if there are any gaps in there the guys can quickly edit something together and put that in i love a spreadsheet yeah, <laughs> the entirety of the kbb review social media accounts are all run by a spreadsheet as well gotta love those what kind of cameras do you use do you just use iphones I would also say you don't need to invest in a whole load of equipment to be able to do this. All of our TikToks are filmed literally on an iPhone. Um, the YouTube video is slightly different. We do that on a, on a, on a proper camera with a, with a Rode mic. But all of the TikTok stuff and reels is literally shot on an iPhone. So you don't have to go out and buy all this professional photography equipment. You know, you can literally just do it from your phone um, and get, you know, that 25 million view video was done on an iPhone. So there's no reason why everyone else can't do that as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, this has been a really fascinating discussion. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. That was KBB Review Deputy Editor Vicky Evans talking to Josh Delane from The Woodworks in London. And that was such an interesting conversation about just what's possible with social media, even for small retailers. And I love the way Josh has built it all up from scratch. He's weighed up costs against results and the impact it's having on the profile of his business is obvious. Fantastic. Brilliant stuff. I'll put links through to all his social media channels in the episode description. Also, don't forget, you can post your job ads for free at kbbreview.com forward slash jobs until August the 1st. And if you're job hunting, you can see nearly 70 current vacancies there too. See you next time. Thank you.